disclaimer for this week's episode. We will be getting into part of our story which encompasses infidelity. If this is a subject you find triggering or wish to avoid, please feel free to skip this episode. Hey y'all, welcome back to the More Than Able podcast. More Than Able podcast. What episode number is this? This is four. Four. Episode, wow. That was, Already. Wow, that was really quick. That was really We fast. said we were going to do one a week and now we're at four. Four. That's crazy. Um, so last week we talked a little bit more about our story. Yeah. And we kind of left you uh, hanging. hanging on a cliffhanger there. <laughs> Said that uh, we had turned into a big fight. Yeah. And so just a little bit of a recap. Um, Heather had just found uh, some inappropriate photos in one of my emails mm-hmm. or in my email in one of my trash folders of one of the women that I had been talking to. Yeah. And and I'll say if, if this is the first uh, podcast episode you're listening to, definitely go back and watch the yeah, others absolutely. because There's you're going to be lost you're going to have no clue what we're talking about yeah. if you don't do that and uh it would be it would be a lot for us to try to recap everything from the previous episode Yeah, because our last episode was a little bit longer we're not a tv show we don't go last time <laughs> on the podcast we don't have a highlight reel <laughs> we don't no. have a, a recap no. an episode recap so um so yeah, we're basically on timeline wise, we're July twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I will recap just a little bit and say I had been suspicious for the last several months, so I had been scouring through uh, text messages, emails, anything that I could, you know, get my hands on to uh, f- like figure out why I was feeling suspicious. Yeah. And there was one Sunday morning. Uh, pretty sure we were probably getting ready to go to church probably and i think terry was in the shower and like i had been doing for months i was scouring through everything and i had picked up his ipad and gotten to his email and didn't find anything in the inbox so i went to his trash folder and was just scrolling and i seen some things in there where he had uh sent himself something like it was like an email from himself and I almost just scrolled right past it because I was like well that doesn't matter to something he sent himself but there is just like a little nudge inside me that was like click on that you got to click on that and so I clicked on it and it was um a picture of a girl um I don't do how much do I say here say whatever you want to say just like we said from the first episode and like Heather just said if you haven't listened to our other episodes um we're going to be very vulnerable. Uh, there's a lot of our story that I want to say is PG-13, but there's a lot of our story that may be inappropriate for children. Definitely inappropriate for children to listen to. Yeah. Um, it's just more mature conversations. Yes, exactly. So so I found um, these couple of emails that he had sent himself, and I think... The gist of it was he had sent them from his phone to his email so he could see it on a bigger screen. And it was, I very vividly remember the pictures. There was a girl laying on a float, like in a lake or a creek or something. Um, And you could, you couldn't see everything on the top, but there was not much left to the imagination. And, you know, pictures that were clearly inappropriate. Exactly. And I didn't know who this person was. And it was the same girl in both pictures. And I, you know, I waited for Terry to come out of the shower and literally shoved the iPad in his face and was like, what's this? And I told him, um, I won't say it exactly how I said it, but I told him to pack his stuff and get out. And so, you know, he went to start packing a bag and I went in there and we started arguing about 
I don't even know everything we argued about. I mean, it's probably a lot of stuff that in the big scheme of things doesn't even matter. Um, I think there was some argument about um, the way, you know, I don't do anything around the house oh, during sure the day. That, yeah, and, I'm sure that was brought up. Um, it was just a big blow up. And the one thing I do remember about it is as he was taking his bag and walking towards the front door, he told me that he was done with women and he was done with me. And he walked out and I, I was like, that's it. Like my marriage is over. I had, you know, two small kids. I'm like, I, I don't even have a job. Like what, am, what's, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. Like it was, um, it was a really, really dark day. And, well, and, and we had been living in some very dark times. Um, our marriage had been struggling so much so that of course our sex life was struggling as well. Um, and let me just say this, like the, like we talked about in the last episode, the pornography will lead you longing for more. And so the whole sending an email to myself to get a bigger picture again was because my brain was longing for more. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the, the physical affairs was once in each uh, situation. So there was one physical inter, uh, interaction with each of these individuals as far as it being actual sex. Um, but mine and Heather's relationship was struggling. Uh, of course, I was looking at porn all the time. Uh, and so there was this, just this longing for more Mm -hmm. and somewhere along the roads, um, I don't remember how it came about or who brought it up. It, it may have even been me that brought it up, but we were having conversations about bringing other people into Mm -hmm. our marriage about, well, and I think it's because during that time we were both struggling with that that porn addiction Mm -hmm. and so we both had that whole fantasy world going separately Mm -hmm. from one another and because things weren't really going well in the bedroom for us i and we were struggling in that area i think we both thought maybe we bring another person in yeah that's totally something you would see on uh porn yeah you know is a threesome you know and it's like, I'm so thankful that God protected us from apps actually doing that because that would have been a disaster. I don't think that that's something our marriage could have come back from. Um, that would have been that would have been really bad. Well, and there's no telling what kind of things we could have or possibly would have caught. Yeah. Uh, if something like that had happened. So, I mean, things were just very, very dark. And so coming out of that day when we got into that fight, uh, I had packed a bag and uh, I was going to stay with my brother-in-law and I don't remember a lot about that day. Um, I do remember, uh, my father was in the hospital. He, uh, he had just had a heart attack and, um, I think we ended up talking later that evening mm-hmm. and decided yeah, you, you had called me cause you were going to go see your dad in the mm-hmm. hospital and you wanted to take the kids to yeah. see him. And so of course I come and got the kids and I don't even know how long we were at the hospital to see my dad, but uh, eventually I come back to the house and she had agreed to let me come in and we talked Mm -hmm. and I don't think I was ever actually out of the house. No, you never stayed a night. You never stayed a whole night out of the house. Like you, um, because I agreed to let you stay on the couch. I think that was the agreement. I said, you know, you can stay here. But you got to you got to stay on the couch like we're not going to sleep in the same bed. And um, that first week was um, we spent a lot of time. I 
spent a lot of time asking questions and Mm -hmm. stuff and terry spent a lot of time dodging questions and lying and Mm -hmm. not telling me about yeah because she still didn't know at that point uh the full extent of everything i thought it was just pictures you thought it was just photos Yeah. yeah and and that was uh that was devastating enough like thinking you know you had been inappropriately messaging someone like that and um he had me convinced that, you know, it was just this girl had just begged him to, to let her send him pictures. And, um, so he finally just gave in and let her, uh, send him some pictures. And, um, so I had a lot of questions about that and my thought was like, okay, you know, like we can, we can get through this. Like that's all it was like, that's really bad, but you know, we can get through it. And it was, I think it was exactly a week later. It was that next weekend um, we actually had went to help a friend. I think you were helping her fix her car or yeah. something. And we had, uh, all of us had went. And so I was sitting in your truck, um, waiting for you to, you know, get done helping her fix her car. And you had an old phone in there. Mm-hmm. I think it was like an old flip phone. Yeah. And it was, um, I remember weird details. I don't even know if you remember this, where the phone came from. Like you had went on, you had went to Indiana to visit family yeah. And you had dropped your phone in a hot tub or something. And oh, yeah, I do so I think that. it was your cousin it had this that, extra phone yeah. that he gave you. I went up for my grandmother's funeral. Yeah. Yeah. And so he had this extra phone. Well, you had ended up getting a new phone. And so you didn't need that extra phone, but it was still sitting in your truck console. And so I picked it up and I was like, there's no way there's going to be anything in this phone. Like he would have wiped it all off. Right. But I was going to look through it anyways. And so I turned it on and looked through it and found messages from some other girl. And they were messages that seemed like you were in a relationship with her. Like she was asking you if um, you wanted her to bring you breakfast and stuff. And I, I was just like, who is this? What is this? What's happening? And so... I think I put the phone back and I didn't even tell you that I had found anything on it mm-hmm. at first. No, you didn't. And we had got back home and I think I waited for the right time and I basically just questioned you. I was like, you know, how many have there been? And I think at first you still tried to lie to me and then I told you what I had found on your phone mm, and yeah. then um, and then you came clean. Yeah. And I think at that point you realized, crap, like I'm caught. Well, and like if this was going to work like at that point I figured it's probably over like and if it's not the only way it's going to work is if she knows this stuff yeah and so yeah we we sat I remember like you were sitting in the chair and I was sitting in the floor Mm -hmm. and I remember just laying it out and just being a blubbering mess yeah and and asking or telling you I was sorry and and like feeling just scum of the earth mm-hmm. like down on my feet my face and my hands and my down at her feet yeah i remember you like, literally holding on to my feet like yeah, feeling like that was the only thing i was allowed to touch mm-hmm. you know and and just laying it all out and there was there was there was a whole lot um the the second woman that i had had i would say like you said more of a relationship with it was it was definitely a whole lot more interaction Mm-hmm. There was still just the one sexual encounter, but you know we were we were talking all the time, mm-hmm. and like you said, she would bring me breakfast and things of the sort like that, and it was definitely more of a a an emotional 
affair uh feeling like i said in the this most recent this last episode we just talked about like feeling uh those voids in my life where i was needing the validation Mm -hmm. feeling like i was worth something to somebody and so well and and i had found out uh a little bit after everything came out that uh you had said i love you to her once and i remember that that to me was more devastating than finding out you had had sex with anyone because I felt like at that moment I was like, so did he really love her? Does he love her? Because that like love doesn't just disappear. And so then I'm like, we're dealing with a whole, like a whole other thing. You know, he, he said, I love you to someone that's not me. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? Like, does that mean that he's still like, long like does he miss her is he still mm-hmm. longing for um her affection and yeah. does he like is he missing that contact and that conversation and stuff and like there was just there was a whole lot more hurt that came just from knowing that part yeah and and i remember having that conversation with you and i remember you telling me that you know you didn't love her and that you really were just telling her that to see what she would say back yeah. and None of that made me feel any better about it, you know, because, you know, words are said and you you can't take those back. And, you know, that was just something that I had to work through. But that one that one was hard to deal with. And I ended up actually having conversations with this this woman. Um, Yeah. Then that that was a whole other whole other thing. That was weird. Well, and I remember like we had already started going to we were talking to a counselor. Yeah. Our church we had kind of gone to a church a little bit and this church i think they paid for like six sessions or something but it was all done via um skype and i think the counselor wasn't even in the country she wasn't she was in like in south africa or something on missions it was just kind of weird and and it was like it was like a couple's counseling type thing and which i think can be really beneficial but i feel like when when something like this happens, it's more beneficial in the beginning for you to have your own separate counseling. Absolutely. Because like for me, I was experiencing something completely different than what Terry was experiencing. You know, we've talked about this concept before of like when, when everything came out that he was like up here on a higher level than I was because he's now the weight has been lifted off of his shoulders he's not carrying all these secrets anymore he found out that his wife actually is going to stay with him well, and try to say, work on yeah, things and that you would actually say that you were well because i remember when i was at your feet just begging mm-hmm. pretty much begging to let for you to let me stay and the words that you said was i'm not going to make you any promises but i will try yeah and so for me that was like everything that I had done that you were still willing to even just try. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like you said, it put me at a different level emotionally. Uh, it almost gave me like this pick me up. Yeah. Because yeah, I had gotten all this off my chest. I wasn't carrying this stuff anymore because it as I don't want to say it was obviously, it wasn't good for me to be going through those things, but there was things that it was doing for me that was making me feel good. But at the same time, it was debilitating Mm -hmm. to me. It was breaking me down. Yeah. Well, because you were, you had all these secrets and lies on top of lies. Mm -hmm. And that, all that does is wear you down. Exactly. I mean, it's, 
mentally well and when you have a lie you got to try to remember another lie and that lie on top of that lie and there's just the whole story of trying to remember and so when everything came out you know you're kind of up here not on a high but you're you're up here you know uh further up than i was definitely a different yeah you know yeah on a different level and so you know but my whole world had just been shattered. Everything yeah. that I thought I knew was a lie. It was destroyed. Like it was the worst. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I started. And so for us to go to counseling together right from the get go was really hard to do because we were not struggling with the same things. No. Like we were in the same marriage and we had the one issue of infidelity, but we were, we were not dealing with the same things. No. You know, and so if um, if we would have had the resources at the time to go through individual counseling, that probably would have been so huge and beneficial for us. Yeah, because I had, you know, trauma, hurt, like all of these things to to process through. And but you had a whole other host of things of Mm. shame and guilt and regret. And why did I do these self-hatred? Yeah. So a whole other set of issues to process through and you can't process through both of those things together in a session. Absolutely not. And, you know, I think when when you do the individual counseling and then you work through those things, then you can come together and figure out now how do we um, how do we communicate better? How do we make this work a little bit better? Well, and I know we went we both were in counseling, what, two years ago or Mm. a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. Or I think maybe you were a year and a half ago. I think I was a little over two years ago. And I've been to counseling on myself as an individual, I think on three separate occasions Mm -hmm. for probably six months at a time. And through all of those times, I was learning more and more about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, It was kind of crazy because I remember going through what they called uh, EMDR, which... There's a couple of different ways they can do it. Well, I won't get into that. But what it was allowing me to do was there was things that had happened in my past and things that had happened to me as a child that my brain had suppressed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it. There was things I had actually forgotten about that were impacting me at my current state Mm -hmm. during my affairs. And a lot of, the, like I said in the last episode, a lot of what led to the emotional affairs and the physical affairs was that longing for that validation, feeling Mm -hmm. wanted, feeling desired, feeling like I was worth something. And a lot of that stems from my childhood. And I didn't realize that. And that looking for affection. And And you, you would have never been able to realize that without counseling. Mm, Like that's not something that would just come Come up. up. No, absolutely not. And I remember going through counseling and I will say this counseling is a, is a tool it can be a huge benefit if you're willing to put in the time and the work. Mm-hmm. You can't just go and expect it's going to be this quick fix, yeah. snap your fingers, oh, you're good, see you later. Yeah. Uh, it was really freaking hard, yeah. like really hard. Um, well, you have to be willing to be completely open and vulnerable mm-hmm. and like not hold things back yeah. because you're trying to get some desired answer from your counselors and they are or trying to put on a face like you're better um you're you're not as uh damaged as what you actually are or something yeah because actually i come out of counseling feeling more damaged yeah uh i remember 
having nightmares about the things that I had ended up remembering Mm -hmm. and waking up in the middle of the night crying and feeling like the things that I was remembering had just happened. Yeah. And so counseling is a huge tool, but it is hard. Yeah. But through that, uh, it made me realize so much about myself and what caused uh, my affairs, uh, parts of what caused my affairs, parts of what make helped me make the decisions that I did. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, counseling is an absolute. Well, uh, and, and you learning those things in counseling ended up helping me because a huge question I always had was why? Yeah. Just why? Yeah. And I think almost every time I would ask that, your answer would be, I don't know. Like you had some speculations here and there, but ultimately you're like, I, I really just don't know. And so through going to counseling and learning these things, you were able to definitively say, this is why. And it went back to his childhood and you, you would never think that something that happened in your marriage could be because of something that happened in your childhood. Like in my brain, those two things were not related. Childhood and marriage, completely separate times of your life. Like how can they be, related but they were completely intertwined Mm -hmm. and um so learning that like not only was i able to finally have an answer as to why you did the things that you did but it gave me assurance that it's not going to happen again because when when the answer from you was i don't know all that left in me was an uneasy feeling of well if he doesn't know why it happened how can i be assured that it's not going to happen again you know, because if, if you can't tell me the reason why this thing happened, how can you prevent it from happening yeah. again? And so so when you learn what you learned in counseling, it gave me that assurance to know, okay, well, he's working through these things. Eventually it was, you know, you yeah. worked through those and things. That's what I was and say. and so that gave me the assurance that those those things are no longer things you struggle with. No. You no no longer have that like unquenchable desire for this validation that you just you can't get and so because you worked through those things in counseling i know that it's not going to happen again well and and as an individual what the world tells us will fill us are not the things that will fill us yeah you know and so the world was telling me pornography the world was telling me uh relationships with other women the world was telling me sex and and none of those things will fill your emotional desires. Uh, none of those things will fill your longing for validation or feeling wanted or feeling beautiful or handsome. Uh, all those things can only come from God. Mm-hmm. And it was when I started seeking God and he was the one that was filling me was when I actually felt full. Yeah. And that's something that me and Heather have talked about many times is I can't not make I cannot make Heather happy and she, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. I cannot be Heather's source of happiness and she cannot be my source of happiness. Now, that's not to say that we can't make each other happy or that we can't uh, make each other feel loved or desired, but my true source of happiness and joy has to come from God. And when it does, and it is, then everything that Heather can give me is just on top. Yeah. It's just the the icing on the cake, if you'd say, and and vice versa. And when I finally started seeking after God in my life, the way I should have been all those years was when things turned around for me. Mm-hmm. And that was when things turned around for you. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't just a matter of us going to counseling. 
No, like counseling is a great tool, but the amount of counseling that we've had over the years, I mean. There was times we thought like, this is just getting worse. Counseling is yeah. making things worse. This is not helping anything. Why are we doing this? Things yeah. are things are getting worse between us. There's been more seasons not in counseling than seasons in counseling. And, you know, those those seasons of counseling are super necessary, but there's a lot of hard work that has to be done outside of counseling. Exactly. And, you know, I would say, you know, the majority of the work is done outside of counseling. I mean, counseling sessions are like 45 minutes long. Yeah. And, you know, and then you got to take what you got out of counseling and go apply it in real life. Exactly. Talk to your spouse about it. Exactly. Like that was uh, la- early last year. Um, I went back to counseling because I had been in counseling many times and had kind of talked about Terry's affairs, but not really in any great detail. And I never really got much out of it. I was always trying to, um, I think put on a good face Yeah. and I think there was still some like shame attached to me with like, uh, not wanting so many people to know everything that we've walked through. Like, like it was somehow shameful on me and uh, but I was I was really struggling through a lot of stuff and uh, it actually came out I think we were arguing about something once early last year or some sometime and a lot of these old feelings started coming to the surface about your affairs Mm -hmm. and it caught me off guard because I was like it's been so long ago like like what where is this coming from and I think you had told me that I needed to go back to counseling. And so I was like, I guess I do. And what I realized was, you know, we had worked through a lot of stuff in our marriage and like our marriage was in a better place, but I never dealt with the, um, the damage trauma. inside of yeah. me, like the emotional damage that came along with the, the trauma mm-hmm. of, and, and some people might think that trauma seems like a very strong word for something like this. A lot of people equate trauma to witnessing somebody, you know, being killed or war, you know, gruesome things like that, but your brain can't differentiate no, trauma. trauma is trauma. And so when, when something devastating happens like this, your brain recognizes it as trauma. Exactly. And So I had to make this decision to go back to counseling and give it my all. And I, I just went into it and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this for real this time. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm just, I'm going to lay it all out there because I, I can't keep living with this. Like it was, um, like it was just, I guess, eating me up Mm -hmm. and was making me a miserable person to be around. I think that my family didn't like being around me all that much. I didn't want to be around me. And, um, like I actually had like a, I guess you call it a mental breakdown you one you day. Had a mental breakdown. And yeah. you know I was in a really bad place one day. I think it was on a Sunday, and because mm-hmm. I want to say we had come home after church, and I was just in a really bad mood, was super irritable, and I, I really just wanted to go lay down and get away from everybody. But I knew I needed to cook lunch for everybody, and so I was cooking lunch, and um. I think I had snapped at Eden or something and she had went off in her room and Terry was trying to fix things. He, he's a fixer. Yeah. If you didn't know this about him as is, I think every man on the planet. Um, but he was trying to fix it and he had Eden come back in there and was trying to get us to talk. And I was just not in the right headspace for that. And, you know, 
I like it was my fault for not communicating where I was at to him, which I think I did try to communicate that and say I think I was saying something along the lines of like, you know, I I don't want to do this or can't do this or something. But I wasn't able to fully relay what I was feeling inside because I was like everything inside me was like, um, how do I? put it i don't like it was like bubbling up yeah, like yeah. there it was like brewing like inside a volcano me. fixing to erupt yeah and terry had no idea like just how bad it was in in my head and um he i i felt like he was um pushing like he was just trying to help but it felt like he was pushing me back into a corner until i eventually just blew up and i think i screamed and like collapsed to the floor and was like hyperventilating mm-hmm. And, um, I said something along the lines of wanting to end my life, or mm-hmm. kill myself, some, somewhere, something along those lines, yeah. which really freaked Terry out. And like, I never, I never had that thought of like, I actually want to end my life. I just wanted out of that feeling like that. That's a feeling I had never felt before. And I hope to God I never feel it again. Um, it was just a feeling of complete helplessness. Like I, felt like I couldn't control my body. Um, well, and, and, and for me, of course, you know, hearing those words, I don't remember exactly how it was you said it, but yeah, along the lines, if you wanted to end your life, of course, even though that wasn't what she meant, for me, I heard, I want to kill myself. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. Like, she was. She was just in the floor, just an absolute mess, and I didn't know what to do. I was so scared. I was so lost, and so I just held her. I didn't know what else to do. And I think, I don't know, after a short amount of time, I got you out of the floor, and um, I think I just took you to the bedroom, and you just laid you down. Yeah. And I didn't know, like, I literally, I think I laid there, and you. I think you just held me for a while. And I think you ended up just falling asleep. Yeah. And, but I was, my heart was still racing. I was so scared, Uh, so much so that, um, I took our gun out of the house and uh, had actually taken it to work with me and I was leaving it at work because uh, I was afraid that I was going to come home one day and find my wife dead. And it was probably the scariest feeling I've ever had in my life. And, but I remember that afternoon after you had fallen asleep, I just went out to uh, the church, the property that the church owns. And I just walked around the property, just praying to God because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And I think I think that was when I was like you need to go to counseling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like there is no we can't afford it. It doesn't work. Uh I'm going to figure out some other way. I was like you're going to go to counseling. Yeah. And it got harder. It got yeah. way harder. Yeah. And, and I think it it got harder because I had made that decision to say I'm going to put it all out there like I'm not going to hold anything in and um, because of that yeah it got it got a lot harder and you know we were digging into everything that Terry did and I didn't realize how much it was still affecting me and you know the first I think the first few uh, weeks weren't as bad but like the more we got into it the harder it got Mm -hmm. and it just like I wasn't feeling any better yeah. and I started feeling like this is just going to be my life. Like I'm not, I'm not going to get any better. And like, 
like I'm getting emotional thinking about it because I think of like every everything that God has done since then um like just the start of that counseling to the end of that counseling which was a fairly short amount of time it was just a few months of counseling um and I remember after my last counseling session which I don't think I even knew it was going to be my last counseling session and uh we had I always tried to talk to Terry about my sessions um I think there was maybe a couple times where I just told him you know i I wasn't up for it. Yeah. And which I think there the, the first few times you did, we talked, but there were like you said there wasn't a lot of progress there, there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot happening. Um but the few but then the few times they showed me that you didn't want to talk, it was very frustrating for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was frustrating for me because in all the times that I had gone to counseling, even if I was like I can't tonight, but let's talk about it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There was always some type of conversation. Um, and I think it's because your counseling didn't have anything to do with things that I had done. Yeah, it was, it was difficult and I would come home emotionally drained and physically tired, but yeah, it was, it was not in relevance to you. Yeah. And so I think it was, uh, after my last counseling session and I was just feeling super defeated and, um, I was talking to Terry about it and I had asked him, I said, you know, so what happens if I just don't get better? Because I was feeling like I was just getting worse. And I think we had had some arguments. Oh, yeah. After some of your counseling sessions as well. And so I asked him that and he said, I don't know. And because I was feeling like, you know, our marriage wasn't going to survive. And And this this was just last year. This was just last year, 2022. It was in like March, April sometime. Yeah, it was the spring of last year. And because... Um, I don't think you had gone to Trace Diaz. I hadn't yet, but I had been feeling for probably six months that I was just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like I had been having conversations with a very good friend of mine, Billy Lovell. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. uh, Man. That gets me emotional because I remember having so many conversations with him. of just like, bro, I don't know what else to do. Like, I don't know if we're going to make it. Yeah, and, and I just remember him telling me, he's like, man, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to do. Just tell you to just to keep going, keep fighting, to keep mm-hmm. praying, just keep pushing. Well, and I'm super thankful that you had someone in your life to tell you to keep pushing instead of someone to tell you to give up. Yeah. Because that made the difference because had you had the wrong kind of people in your life telling you, man, you don't need that, man, just leave her. Yeah. Like, you're you're better than that. You deserve more than that or whatever. Like the people you surround yourself with greatly matter. Absolutely. Because had you had the wrong voice speaking into you at that time, we might not be together right exactly. now. Exactly. You know, cuz it's very easy to let outside voices influence you. And so um so whenever Terry had told me that, you know, he he didn't know, like he didn't know what was going to happen if I didn't get better. Um like I remember in that moment just feeling completely defeated. I felt like, you know, that was a rock bottom, you know, after, after so many years having, you know, nine years. Yeah. Nine years. Well, And I'd always said no matter what, that I was never going to go anywhere because you had always said that, well, what, what always stuck out in my head was the the day that you told me, I can't promise you anything, but I'll try. Mm -hmm. And you always did. You always fought. And so that was always my my response to you was, 
you stuck with me through everything and you said you would try so i am not going anywhere Mm -hmm. but i i think just like you i was i was at the end of my rope yeah like i had been trying to hold on for so long that i couldn't hold on anymore well and i think we were both feeling like it had been almost nine years since your affairs come out by this point like what we should not still be here yeah and i think we were both just just done with dealing with it you know really and but i think that like i look back on that time and i think that was the exact position that i needed to be in to finally allow god to come in and work yeah because i didn't have like i wasn't allowing him to come in like i was trying to do it myself like i've always struggled with control issues wanting to you know control everything around me and um so allowing god to come in and just take over it wasn't really in my mind to even allow that because then that meant i didn't have control exactly and but but going through counseling it put me in this rock bottom place of having no other choice but to rely on it, him. It was breaking down all your walls. Yeah. Is what it was doing. And and um so I didn't have a choice but but to say, Okay, yeah, here God like I, I need your help. Yeah. And um Well and like you said, I went to Trace Diaz in the spring mm-hmm. and um of course you went to Trace Diaz in the fall. Yeah. And uh that was really the spring of last year was really where God we finally allowed God to come in and yeah. start doing what he had been wanting to do for those last nine years. Yeah. Well, and I'm super excited to get into that part, yeah, but absolutely. that will have to be for our next episode. Yeah. So I think we're about out of time on this one. Yeah. And um, I'm really excited to talk about the next part because I am too. Um, there's so much. It, it blows my mind how much God has done Yeah. in the last year and a half. Yeah. And to what's for what's to come. Yeah. Like there's a song, um, which I'm going to blank on the name because I'm horrible with song names, but it's talking about where, how God made a way where there was no way. And I like almost every time I sing that song, I get emotional because I think back to this time last year mm-hmm. where God literally made a way and <laughs> see, I can't, I'm not even singing it. Um, where God literally made a way in my heart where there was no way, like there was, I didn't see a way out of the dark place that I was in. Uh-huh. I didn't see a way into any kind of light. I didn't yeah. see a way into, um, not being a miserable, irritable, angry person that just kind of hated life. Like there was no way out of that. And, but God made a way. Yep. And so that song talking about God made a way where there was no way. Like I can't sing that without getting emotional because I literally watched it play out in my life. So yeah, we'll start our next episode. Um, and it'll definitely be on a positive note and and a higher note. So, So, all right, y'all. Well, appreciate you guys uh, hanging in there. Yeah. And make sure you tune in next week. Talk to you later. See you later. Bye.